Hey, what's up? This is the White Rabbit, Zach Rain, your Eclipse Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, and you're watching the Three Count Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering the Ring. There is nobody on this roster. I am flying solo today unless, you know, somebody decides to make a run, and then that happens a lot. But this is a three count presents now entering, which means one thing. We have a special guest for you. This man, you can find him all over Maryland. You can find him all over the mid-Atlantic. You can find him even traveling up northeast and sometimes down south. This is the man, the myth, the legend. You guys probably seen him all over YouTube. And, you know, if you follow him on Facebook, you can see his, his fun matches there. Give it up for Zach Rain. What's up, guys? How's it going? Man, I'm excited to have you on the show. Happy to be here, buddy. Yo, it's it's funny, man, because we have this connection with uh, Sicken. Yeah, and we actually just talked about him before the show, man. Like we had mentioned that you know he's like a great dude, a great worker. He's actually helped me put together like I don't know, I'd have to say three quarters of the interviews that I've done. He he travels a good bit. Like I, I I'm sure he's not running low on people to suggest either. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, well, it's funny too because like he'll uh, he'll he'll he kicked me. At, like two weeks ago, he kicked me a name and he was like, have you interviewed like, um, I forget, I think it was like Ron Holiday. And I was like, yeah, I've, done Ron, I've, I've interviewed Ron. And he was like, well, what about uh, like this person? And I was like, well, we just did them last week. He's like, what about that person? We did that, with that guy two weeks ago. He's like, Cliff, man, you're killing me. <laughs> I was like, I was like, well, let's, I, and I, you know, it's funny, man. I challenged him. I was like, how far can we reach? I was like, can you get us? get us like a major star, like somebody that's made it in like all the way to the cream of the crop. Yeah. Yeah. And sure enough, he did. He got us somebody and we were like, Oh, snaps. <laughs> and then I bowled the asset. A, well, he knows a lot of guys. And the thing too, is like he worked with Ellsworth for a billion years. They're tight. So it's like, then that's like another rung in the ladder of people to right. like connect. <laughs> that's how we are with like Luke Gallows. Like that's our, that's our guy. That's like, up doing all the glorious stuff oh man i've actually sent him like numerous emails i hope to one day get him on this show <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta offer him uh wasabi almonds and somebody's homemade beer it can't be store-bought those are the luke gallows bribes i'm gonna have yeah you know what have I, you have you had shane malice on yet no not yet he's actually okay. he's slated but okay, so when here. you talk to Shane, when he comes on, you have to make sure it's on the air, though, so that you can, like, put pressure on him. He, he can get you gallows. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, the, and the funny thing is, like, this interview will go out, like, I'm, I'm sure it's going to go out probably, like, late fallish. Yeah. So by that time, he's going <laughs> to pop up. They'll be like, whoa, why would you do that? <laughs> That's awesome, though. Yeah, we – um. We so we've we've had a huge range of like superstars come on and it's cool like James Ellsworth you know you mentioned him like he's been on the show uh, we so I didn't tell you this but your number you are the fifty first interview that we've done holy crap we, fifty one already yeah we and <laughs> that's that we want to tune our own horn we started this show by accident in like late April so you've been so. hitting them hard I mean that's cool though like it's honestly the best thing you can do especially in the podcast forum is I think a lot of guys try to like they want to space things out too much. And everybody I've talked to says like, if you do, when it, if you hit your stride, the bigger your backlog, the more successful the podcast usually is. Cause nobody wants to sit down and just listen to one. They want to, they'll listen, to, they'll go back and listen to all 51 if they like one. Right. Like, so you're on your way, buddy. That's a, that's a good tactic. 
I was uh, I was mad excited. Yeah, we had a uh, number. F- we I wanted to bring on a special guest, like for the 50th interview. I even surprised him. I didn't tell him, but it was a uh, TJP was our top dude at oh, number cool. 50. Yeah, it was very very fun interview, and everybody's gonna see your interview is gonna be that one right after the right after that. So it's gonna be so awesome that we're gonna be able to sit here and BS and talk about things, man. I just I thoroughly and uh, again am grateful that you decided to come on. And yeah, that's no what, man. I'm glad to help out. So my first question for you, man, and I ask everybody this question is, who is Zach Rain? So it, it, it's changed. Um, I, I know when I started out, like everybody has what they think they're going to be. I always tell everybody that like the guy you think you're going to be coming into the business and the guy you end up are, are they are miles apart from one another. Um, I came in kind of like the Riot City style, the Maryland style. Like uh, I was like a lot of Lucha influence and like it was, it was very flashy and technical. And uh, I liked it and I love watching that style, but um, I'm a little too big. Like I'm like a mid-sized guy. I'm, I'm only six foot tall, um, but I'm almost 200 now. Um, and I used, like when I first broke in, we were tiny. Like my guy size, we were little dudes. And now we're like middleweights and carrying heavyweight titles and stuff. And I had to adapt as I got older, as I got beat up. And uh, I ended up being really drawn towards the strong style. So I guess that the short version of that is, um, I'm a guy that's obsessed with getting hit really hard and trying to give it back. I, I think my favorite part about wrestling is just seeing how much you can take and still have a smile at the end of the night. <laughs> so the strong style has really been something that I've gravitated towards. I love strong style. Well, you're training I, in a good place then. <laughs> I, and yeah, training wise, I hear it a lot all the time. Like they're always like, don't be stiff, but be snug. Like. Yeah. there'll be times for it there's times where it's okay I'm, i'll send you i'll send you a match when we're off if anybody wants to watch a good one if they want to know what i'm about um any of my matches with bronco mcbride who's all, also my tag team partner um no one has beat me up worse in my entire life than him and i'm i i think i think i could say the same but i he's he's been in some bad fights so Oh man, that's insane. I I want to I don't know, man. I know I know everybody keeps telling me about the like when a work turns into a shoot and then you seem like a nice guy though. Like I doubt I I, I doubt you're going to rub people super wrong. It, it, the only time honestly, the only times I think it's ever happened, it, it's it's only been a handful. Um they've been people that were going to have an issue with you no matter what they're not, it's nothing you did. It's not, it's not a problem that you started. It's just somebody that they think that they think that they're going to take liberties and then you just don't take it. <laughs> well, it's funny. Cause like, um, I'm sure, you know, uh, Chris Andino. Yeah. So, Andino and I were really, we're really close and, um, he's almost like his, uh, I guess his story, like his personal story kind of mirrors mine. Like we're both former military like I'm a college wrestler. It's like, I have all these like crazy pieces. And one time I put up on Facebook, I had some random posts and we're, I was talking about my character and um, he, uh, he wrote in, he goes, uh, he's like, it's so weird because you have like this smile. You're like very bubbly. He's like, but if people knew like how you really are, they would understand like, that's not something you want to mess with. <laughs> That's a good way to be. I, uh, we joke around. If you, if you ever talk to John Roden, which I'm sure you're going to run into him because um, we run similar circles, he, he always jokes around that he's like, if you don't like Zach Rand, you're probably an a-hole. And, uh, <laughs> and, like, and I, don't, 
I'm like, God, dude, like, don't, you're going to cause me heat just saying that. But like, I honestly, no matter what, I always tell people like, especially in the business, like it's a, it's rough. You know what I mean? You were all vying for the same spots. We all, there's only so many positions on each roster. And then once you're there, you're, everybody wants to be the top guy, you know, no matter what you can be a team player, but everybody still wants to be in that best. You want to be in the best place you possibly can be. Um, so you're always going to, you're going to have little interactions that you're, you're even your good friends, you're, you're in competition with each other to an extent. And, uh, but I always said like you, if you don't learn to like everybody in spite of their bad traits in wrestling, then you're going to end up just not having any friends. Like in, you're definitely going to make a lot of acquaintances and a few like close buddies. But is, I just think as long as you treat everybody with respect, even those guys that for whatever reason don't like you at first, you'll win them over. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm probably too nice to be honest, but I think, I think it, I think it, get you further in the long run maybe not short term but eventually like it's like karma buddy oh yeah i definitely believe that i've 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 been way through i've been through way too much to sit back and say oh yeah let me continue being a dick to this person or continue being like and it's crazy man like even i'm actually i'm turning 35 in september i'm 35 i thought i thought you were younger you look good dude yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was like, uh, I was like, and you know, likewise too, man. I was, <laughs> I was thinking, uh, I'm sitting back here and I'm like, I'm like, yo, man, like, uh, I recently just like forgave like a bunch of people for like shit that happened in high school. And I was like, it took me so long to get over that. You know what I mean? Like you get that, that angerness and you're just kind of like, oh, yeah. bro, like this is, this is ridiculous. So finally I just wrote them up. I was like, hey. Whatever happened in high school, man, uh, like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not that same kid. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, too. And I think I honestly think that this is like a weird age, like 30 to 35. Everybody's like, oh, no, I'm turning 30. And like, I think as a worker, too, you're like, um, I'm not one of the young guns anymore. I'm not one of those like young guys, quote unquote. But uh, I swear, like 30 things like just clicked for me. Like I, I started like not caring as much about like little dumb stuff. I, I was able to focus more on like all the positive things that were going on. And uh, I, I, I hear that from workers all the time. Like, like all the, you just have more fun once you reach that, that point. Like, I think, I don't know. I think it's a good age for self-reflection. Maybe I don't, I don't know. Oh yeah, no, I, I definitely think that too. Um, I think it was like Jay-Z, Jay-Z has a track out and he talks about thirties and new 20, but he always talks about, I don't go to the night spot. I buy the right spot. I'm like, yeah, that's me. Like, I don't, I know I don't have to, I don't have to go to a club and like drink all the bottles of champagne. I just go home, drink the same bottle of champagne. For you like won't be able nights. to, if you want to be a wrestler, buddy, you're yeah. going to be, you're going to be too beat up and tired. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't do that anyway, man. I, I've got a wife and kid. Like I can't be going to the club. I can't fuck around like that. I got you. I got you. <laughs> so my next question for you, man, is what inspires you to like be in the business and keep striving you to be in the business? I honestly, I, I don't know. I don't know what originally got me in. I think I just needed it. I think I needed something and it found me at the right time. Like I always joke and I, I can't, this isn't my phrase. I, I don't know who said it, but I've heard it said in the business and it always resonated with me that it was like pro wrestling was the first thing I ever loved that loved me back just as much. And I think that that was, that's what like, that's what got hooked me and kept me. But like now I, I think it's, I think it's like what we talked about earlier. Like uh, for me, it's about seeing, just how much I can take, how much I can, you know, if I can still go, I, I think like, again, like 35 is a weird age. Like you, you slow down just enough that you're smart about your wrestling. You're not doing stuff just to, just to see if you can, you can do it. So it's like, you understand more 
and you you start to realize the connections you're making with people and like the impact you have on people's like lives like and it seems weird because even on the indie level like you know i've only on i've i've never been on like national tv i've only been on like east coast and like a couple of like small networks and stuff but it's it's weird when you run into somebody or you get a message from somebody that's like oh you know my son always watched you guys and he's not doing so well you know it would mean a lot if you could you know say something to him and and you could show up at like i know this is like a weird case but like you show up at a hospital or something like you think it's this little thing that you're doing. Like it's an hour out of my day. Um, and to them, it's like meeting their hero. Like there's a lot of cool little things like that. And I don't think that, I don't think that people understand that about wrestling is it's very personal. And I, I think that, uh, uh, again, like I keep giving on these long answers, but, but I think the short version is like it, it was there for me when I needed it. And I want to make sure that, I can do that for the next group of wrestlers, the, the fans, like it's, it's like, it gave me so much. I want to make sure that I give back in return. I mean, I feel like that too. I, I know like the, the reason why I wanted to do this like so much, I kind of talked about it too with, with the guys. Um, it's like, I grew up in this place, man, in, in a small town, Nebraska. I'm not even going to kid you, man. I graduated a class of 39 kids. And I recently went back, well, I guess you should say recent. I went back and uh, one of my teachers was asking me to talk to the kids. And uh, she told the kids that uh, she was like, hey, you know, if, if you feel like you're trapped here in this black hole of a town, like, don't worry, you can find a way out if you work really hard. And I was like, that is devastating to say to these kids. I was like, they're only in fifth grade and they're like, man, I'm locked in here forever. <laughs> It's tough, man. The small town thing can be, it can be rough. Like it's funny because like a lot of people find their way back. Like I, I don't, I don't live right in Pittsburgh anymore. Like I used to, I'm, I'm actually back in like my parents' hometown. Um, but I, uh, it was, it, it took a lot of effort to like leave. And so like, I understand what you're saying. Like you, you almost, but I, I don't know if you could find yourself if you stay in the same environment, like you don't, you'll, you wouldn't be who you were and I wouldn't be who I am if we didn't take those steps, like. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a lot of kids. Like I know like um, my hometown, like a bunch of kids thought like they were like these big studs. And I was like, bro, like I've been to places and seen things that you're, you're my nightmares would just haunt <laughs> you for the rest of your life. But then I've been also places that, you know, your dreams couldn't even touch. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I mean, that's, it's, I think it's important that like to, to, see that stuff like see it not only in yourself but like i don't know i think you've, you've got to figure it out though like it's it's tough that everybody has to learn that for themselves though hello whoever that is uh, well, my little one decided she wants to make a run in what's up since you decided to run in sit down so yeah so there's there's the first run in this is how's my, it going her name's kira hi kira nice to meet hi. you <laughs> this is mr zach he's a pro wrestler too Cool. yeah so this is gonna be on the interview i can't wait um <laughs> yeah i, I definitely I, I work at a school like that's my shoot job so i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm accustomed nice yeah i i totally relate and i i guess when i told like when i got back home like i was just telling kids i was like yo just work work do whatever you want to do and just get out like there's no reason to be stuck here and there's no reason you have to come back and you're right like growing like you have to leave to grow and i i feel like me getting into the pro wrestling, especially at 35, like starting 
you know, DDP was like, is one of my inspirations because he started at 36, right? And yeah. that's when he got his pro career. But I want kids to look back and be like, yo, if Cliff can do it, I definitely can do it. And it's just like, I grinded to get here, but hey, sure. like, I feel where you're coming from. <laughs> Cause I would be that, I would be that guy who looks at myself in the high school picture and I'd be like, that guy, what's he gonna make it? <laughs> All the doubt. <laughs> So a question I have for you too, man, is um, this is another one I love asking people. Every wrestler has one, and I want to know yours. What has been your favorite fan interaction? Oh, man. Um, there, there have been a ton of crazy ones. Um, we've, had, uh, we've had fans have followed us like seven states like away and like just popped up in the crowd, and we'd be like, like what are you doing here like are you just at this no we saw you were booked and like we're like holy crap they drove like all this way um but we've had like crazy stuff too and honestly the most the most insane stuff happened in uh west virginia like west virginia it might as well it, i feel like it's another country sometimes have you have you have you got to go out like on any bookings with the guys yet yeah i actually have you I had been a, down there i was supposed to make my debut at swca Okay. Um, unfortunately I got injured. And so this it was August 8th when this interview goes up, August 8th, I was supposed to make my debut, but I got injured, uh, like two weeks before, um, in the worst way too. It's if anybody could get injured away, I can, I, it was me, but, um, yeah, I, I, um, was supposed to, but then they ended up like changing the match and they had me do a run in instead. So I had to save somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, West Virginia has always been a real trip for us. Cause like we're, we, we always joked around that like the, I mean, and everybody, I think a lot of places in the United States say this, like the Philadelphia, there's like a triangle from like Philadelphia to Pittsburgh to Baltimore. And it's like the Mecca of independent wrestling in the United States. It's because Ring of Honor, CZW, you know, like all the uh, ECW is like basically carved out this big hole here where like if there's wrestling there, it's probably hot. Like the fans are nuts, whatever. But we were used to that, like that type of feel. Like we were used to like, everybody wrestled like they were in ring of honor like new japan it's like that northeast style and when you go down to west virginia it's it's that old school nwa vibe but they're also like trapped in the past in some instances like there's a lot of racism still down there and like stuff like that and we're um we're walking to the ring and it's us it was it was i think it was like me shane malice um c4 and the wild cards, Eddie Page and Jason Raditz. And I'm pretty sure that was the group we were traveling with at the time. There's a run-in. I'm prepared for it. There is a run-in. <laughs> um, so we're, we're, we're down there in West Virginia, and C4 is walking to the ring. And Andy has always been, uh, like, he just loves being a bad guy. And uh, we're walking to the ring, and um, these people are booing and cursing and all this stuff. And, like, we're just thinking, like, okay, it's just noise because – we're the bad guys and C4 is like the big, this always this huge heel. And then we start hearing like these like racial slurs like coming and we're like, Oh no. So we all look at Nimmons who's like huge black dude. Right. And we're like, Hey, you good? He's like, that's West Virginia, man. I, I was, I was ready for it. So we're, but Andy's getting mad now. Andy's like, I can't believe these people are saying this stuff. And if you're not going to get mad, I'm going to get mad. So Andy's like giving it back. He's tearing into these fans or whatever. And you're hearing like the N word and all this nasty stuff. And Nimmons is like super professional. He's just like, whatever. I'm getting paid to be here. They're not. I, I know what I'm doing. So he gets in the ring. Andy gets in the ring and Andy grabs the microphone. And he starts, he starts going in on these people because he's just mad at this point. And uh, he's not going to like let them know he's under his skin. But he's just going to be like, 
I know you guys are saying some stuff like my friend here, like it seems like it's directed towards him. He's like, Zach, is it directed towards him? I'm like, yeah, they're, they're saying stuff to him. He goes, I wish I knew what he was saying, but I don't, I don't speak the language down here. I was like, what language is that? And he goes, hang on, I'll translate for you. And he just starts going, and people are, you would think it's like something simple for whatever reason, these people are losing their mind food. They start throwing hot dogs and drinks. They're flipping out. Like, it was just like whatever it was set him off. Well, they ended up having to escort him to his vehicle then after the show because people were so mad they wanted to fight him. And he's like, how am I the one that wants to get beat up now? Like, I'm in front of a bunch of racists. <laughs> like, But it's like West Virginia, like, I don't know if that's quite what you were looking for, but West Virginia has always been like, what are we doing here? Like, it, it's like the hills have eyes in some of those, like the little bingo hall shows. Like, it's wild, man. <laughs> it's it's wild, man, because, like, when we were at SWCA, uh, Sicken, actually, there was three matches that we um, – I'll tell you this. This was the craziest thing I've ever seen. So it, I was totally expecting that side of things to happen, right? Yeah. Like, everything would happen. And uh, my host – the host of the show of the Three Count Podcast is actually Chaz, and Chaz isn't on today. Um, but Chaz was with um, – well, his name is Prince Machiavelli. A lot of people know him as Jaden Miller. I've heard the name. I'm not super familiar though. So they make this debut and they drop this fire promo. I'll send you. I'll send you the promo after the interview. All right. One of the best promos like I've seen, probably ever. And they get this chant going because Randy Lawson uh, is the U.S. champ, and they get this chant going of colonizer. Holy I master. could not believe there's all these white people just there. Colonizer. <laughs> I was oh, dead. That's the thing too, is like, you can't control, you cannot control some of these crowds. Like I I've been at shows where the, the fans were like, it, it's a super family friendly show. Like everybody's behaved. There's no blood. There's no swearing. Like everything's cool, but the crowd is off. You can't control the crowd. Like, and then I've been at like, you know, deathmatch stuff where the crowd's chanting holy poop because they don't want to swear in front of the kids. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you never know what you're going to get with fans. Yeah, it's, it's insane. So really quick, we do have to introduce our run-in specialist. Um, he is my best friend from high school. Um, he's actually, as of this week, so with the week of August 21st, he'll actually be married. So big congratulations to this man. The myth, the legend as well. Give it up for Luhan, Lou, Anthony, Antone. I don't know what he wants to go by this time, so we'll just go with Anthony. Well, first off, we always go by Lou. Thank you, <laughs> Red Dog. It says it. it says it right here on the screen. Good God. Mine says Three Count Podcast. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> what up, Three Count Podcast? What up? <laughs> and Zach Rain, I'm actually watching one of your matches right now, dude. Oh man, I hope it's a decent one. Oh, it's a, all right. That one's fine. Rev, the, the Rev. Yep, I'm watching Ru this one. And dude, you're you're pretty fucking phenomenal. Thanks, man. I appreciate. I'm, that. I'm like, I, I like this. He makes so, me look good in that match. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fun because like Anthony now is like um, getting introduced to outside like the indie scene, and he's actually getting more into the mid mid Atlantic, obviously because with Sicken and yourself and uh we've had we've been interviewing like guys left and right so anthony's part i think this is what technically your third fourth interview third yeah that's cool that's really man. fun then like i said we've known each other since high school so 
Wow. So one of my other favorite questions I like to ask too, man, and this is kind of um, one, one, that, one of the popular ones that does get asked is when it's all said and done, when it's all over with, what do you want your legacy to be? Um, like I said, I think, I think we touched base a little bit on this before, but I, they, so Ro- Robbie Page was my, the guy that took over for training for me when my p- trainer passed away. And uh, his big thing that he always tried to hammer into our head was, and you hear this said, like, so this is like a standard saying in the Indies, but he was, this was like gospel to him. And he said, you always want to leave the business a better place than you, 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 you found it. And uh, I'm already, I'm looking into um, some things right now. Like if it wasn't for COVID, I, I was starting to try to figure out how I wanted to make my exit. Not, not, not retire just yet, but I'm slowing down. I'm, I'm getting a little older. My bump card's full. I'm, I'm on your, uh, I started when I was 18 and I'm 35. So I'm, I'm, I have a good amount of bumps. Um, and, uh, I, I definitely still want to have something to do with the business. So I, I'm looking into starting a, a school up here in, um, Western PA, um, with a couple of guys that are better than me so that they can, so the kids actually learn something correctly. Um, but, uh, I'd like to at least teach. And I, I think, I think if I can just, uh, I don't know, I, I I said, like, I always try to be nice and I try to make sure that I treat everyone with respect. And I, I hope that I'm thought of that way when I'm done. It's just a guy that always tried to get along with everybody. That's awesome, man. I think that's a big thing too, is that like, it, it, and I hear it all the time too. And, and even Anthony and I both being vets, that's what we heard is like, you know, when you do leave the military, you want to leave it in better shape than what you got into it is. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and I guess it's, it's a good way to do it with like everything too. I know I've taught her that way too. I was like, when you borrow toys or you play your friend's toys, like you give them back better than what you got them. So it's, it's good to instill that early, but then even like yourself, man, like you're, you're wanting to help out and continue to grow the business in the right way. It's, it's definitely, it's, it's great to hear. Anthony, you got any questions you want to ask really quick? Uh, yeah, I got a couple, uh, Zach. So you guys are, professional athletes that mm-hmm. you guys are professional wrestlers so you look at you got look at all these professional athletes that they have their own like pre-game food that they like to eat the day of what is the one food that you love to eat the day of your event oh man so that's the only time i eat anything terrible believe it or not <laughs> so i i actually have a pretty strict diet when i when i first broke in i was only 150 pounds um i was wow. super super small and they flat out said i mean and i'm glad they were honest with me they were like if you don't get bigger, you are going to, you're going to get hurt. You're never going to be used correctly. They're not going to, you're not going to be happy. You got to get bigger. And it took me time. Like I was able to get up to about 170, which was like acceptable in their eyes, but I was still a lightweight, you know? So, um, I'm 198 now. It took me a long time to get there, but, uh, I have a pretty strict diet. Like I, uh, I, I'm a chicken and vegetable guy. I eat a lot of rice. Um, but my, my, uh, my, like early morning like before a show thing i'm i again like i i load up on protein i'm i'm a big chicken guy but my favorite cheat meal and i do this after every like i'd say at least once a month after like a hard match i go to sheets and i get the big maz have you ever had it yes it, it it's like 2700 calories in one sandwich it, it's a it's a big chicken sandwich with um mozzarella cheese sticks melted cheese marinara sauce <laughs> it's fried it is horrible but you that's my been for a week it's my favorite dude <laughs> it's so good i'm a coffee guy believe it or not like food doesn't do it for me but the guys always joke around that uh red bull should be sponsoring my wrestling career because like i i love them and i probably shouldn't love them as much as i do <laughs> we were joking about that too um 
Monster has their new hydro drink called Red Dog, which that's been my nickname since I was a kid. <laughs> so you need to <laughs> carry one to the ring, get it on your gear. Right. That's what I was like. I was like, yo, Monster. Like, I, I tweeted out to Monster. I was like, I'm glad you guys decided to use my nickname. I was like, we could work out a small partnership. I mean, I have no problems with this. <laughs> Fire it off on shows, man. You'd be surprised at some of the attention you'll get. We called out um, – who did we? Um, there's this guy that he runs a really, really popular podcast. His name's Maddox. And it's like the, um, I think he has the number one podcast in the world. It's called like the best podcast in the universe or something. Mm. He's, he's a very humble guy. Um, <laughs> and he, uh, we call it, we kept calling him out on live shows until the clips made it back to him. <laughs> and he was like cutting promos on us on the air and stuff. Sometimes the direct approach works. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. Yeah, Cliff Next has thing. no Cliff has no problem cutting promos. When he found that that uh, that Red Dog hydration, he's in his suit. You know, he's he's at work. He's he got he, he wears like a, a collared shirt. He looks he looking good and all. And he's like, yeah. When you're really thirsty, grab some monster Red Dog. It'll hydrate you. And I'm like, are you kidding me, man? Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's funny. It was it was fun. It was fun. We'll see what we'll see what comes from it, man. <laughs> All right. What else you What else you got, Lou? Come on. All right. Um, what is your one regret for your professional career? Uh, I think um, I honestly think not. Maybe not not taking it seriously fast enough. I um, I I didn't think that. I didn't think it was, I, I never really saw thought like saw myself in WWE. And I honestly still, till this day, even at my best, I never saw myself there. Like, um, like having to sign your life away to something is some guys I think are comfortable with it. Me, like I'm, I'm very independent. And I think that the Indies have really like just been a good place for me. Um, I like the style. There's a lot of things like that, that like, I just don't see myself meshing, but I, I didn't take the time until I was a little older to like, really do the drives, like attempt to get out there and like hit like the other markets and like expose myself to different styles and stuff. And uh, it honestly wasn't until I was like 25, 26 that I feel like I was any good at all. Like, I feel like I wasted like 16 to 26 and I, I was real set in my ways. And it wasn't that like, I didn't listen when I got suggestions, but I just, I kind of thought this is where I'm at. This is, this is my career. This is what I'm, this is how I'm going to do it. And this is all I'm, it's ever going to be. And um, I think I just didn't have a concept of how big the world could be in wrestling. Um, if you ever get a chance to talk to a guy named Kevin Murphy, he's another, he, he's one you'd have fun with. He, he's basically like, the agent of the Harrisburg area. He runs these massive shows. You probably, I mean, I know Nick's been on a few of them, but they're like right downtown Harrisburg. It's pro wrestling empire. They only run like twice a year, but when they do, they draw like 4,000, 5,000 people. It's like all the, they bring in all the big old time stars, all the indie guys that are like real hot at the time. Like the one show we were there, it was like 30, 36, 3,600 to like 4,200 fans, something like that. It was huge. Um, it was like AJ Styles and Kevin Nash and like me and Shane Malice. And um, uh, I think the wild cards were on that one, but it was just like this huge. And I, I just remember being in there and being like, this is like, this is, this is still just the Indies. Like this is what it could be if I would have put in like the necessary work, I could be doing this all the time. And I think that it, it just was late in my career before I started doing what I needed to do. 
So I guess I could, I wish I could, could have done that sooner. That's awesome. All right. So I went from your one regret. Now I want to know about that one moment that you're like, holy shit, I can't believe I just hit that move. Like that's what's that one move and what's that feeling that you had when you're like, oh my fucking God, I hit that. Uh, there's probably a couple, but for different reasons. So like the, probably the big, like biggest thing as far as like a, a move, um, again, it was Harrisburg, big crowd cage match. And, uh, it was the first time, first and only time I think that I got to go off the top of the cage. And, you know, every kid, every kid's excited about doing that. Um, but being in a cage match isn't, isn't like an everyday thing. Even if you've been in the business for a long time, some guys just aren't really built for that. Like I'm, I'm like a strong style technical guy. So like, they don't want to see me bang around the cage. They want to see the brutes. They want to see the big monster guys. So being in there was cool. Um, the sound the crowd made in that moment. And I don't think I even did that good of a job to be honest. I just kind of like flung myself out and let the big guys catch me, but the place exploded. So that, that was cool. Um, as far as moments though, like, I don't know if anything will ever come close to um, me and my tag partner when we, when we feuded, like we, we weren't always on good terms. Like we weren't always a team. We started off as like rivals and um, we had a match and I'll send it to you. I think you'd like this Lou. If you're, if you're watching like me and Rev style stuff, cause this guy's a similar type guy. Um, okay. But uh, I don't typically do like the no DQ stuff, but we had like this huge year ender, like no disqualification thing. And, uh, it's the most beat up I've ever been in a match ever, but we ended up getting a match of the year award for it. And uh, I remember sitting in the ring with him. It was only like three months later that they did the award show and uh, they called us both out to give us our plaques or whatever. And uh, I just told him, I said, you know, that we didn't, we didn't see eye to eye. A lot of times we, you know, really hurt each other a lot over the course of the year. You know, we were for all intents and purposes, enemies. Um, but, you know, I thanked him for how far he pushed me and I thought he made me a better worker. And uh, in true Bronco McBride fashion, he just said, if, if kicking the, the poop out of you, I'll, I'll censor myself. Curse. I, I don't, I don't, okay. <laughs> but uh, I, I can't say some of the things he says. If kicking your A, we'll say that, gets me an award, then I should have got two. And that, and he left. <laughs> <laughs> he probably should have. They probably should have given him a couple for how bad he beat me up, but. But that honestly, I, I think anytime he and I are in the ring together, it 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 I can't describe the way it made like it there's just an, a different energy. We push each other really, really hard. Awesome. So one thing I gotta ask, man, you did say that your bump car is getting full. So I have to know what's been the worst bump you've taken? It, it's that match that, that I just talked about. And Bronco will tell you the same thing. He says that his back still hurts. Um so the, the match is rough, and I'll send it to you. Make sure you guys remind me to show you after the match or after the, the podcast. Um, but, we, I mean, we did everything in this match. Um, I took a pile driver through a table from the top rope, and if you think that's the worst bump, I was going to say, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it, should, it, it should have been, but it wasn't. So we, we end the match. We decided, we decided that, like, halfway through – the crowd was losing their mind and I didn't know any way to top what we, the, 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 the spot I just told you about was by accident. We were supposed to do this big reversal spot back and forth, whatever Hit, guys. It's not, it's not real. I don't know if any, just in case anybody wanted, um, <laughs> but we're, we, we have the table set up in the corner and uh, he's standing on it and I climb up to the top and I'm going to double stomp him through the table. Well, he kicks my foot out. You know, I fall on the ropes and then he sets me up for his finish, which is the, the weeping willow. It's like a side pile driver. He kicks his legs out and he brings you down. He 
tucks your head in at the last second. Looks horrible. Um, but I was supposed to reverse out of it. Well, when we got up there and he, he like started to go for it, the table's legs started to kick out and he realized it. So he tucked my head and he just went. Well, he thought we'll get clear. We'll land on the table, whatever. It'll be fine. Well, the ring rope, I'm sure you've learned this from training. The ropes are unpredictable. Anything interacting with them, it could go, it can go anywhere. We still, and you'll see it in the clip till this day. I can't figure out how it happened, but the table literally shoots out from, doesn't break, shoots out from underneath his feet and shoots out of the ring. And we go straight from the top rope to the mat. Everybody freaks out. I, I was pretty good. He took care of me, but the whole place spazzes. But how are we, how can we top that? So we're like, well, there's two more tables left at the end of the match. Let's go through them to the outside. So we set these tables up side by side on the outside. We end up fighting up the turnbuckle post. Well, he, he's on the outside. I'm on the inside. And we're like fighting for position, you know, punching each other, go for a suplex, go for a power bomb, all this different stuff. He starts picking me up onto his shoulders and they're like, oh, he's going to do the same move to the floor this time. Well, I reverse it and I give it to him instead, like, like Death Valley driver style. But like, it's, you know, I'm 200 pounds. He's 240 some pounds. We're on the second rope and the floor is really far down. When we hit these tables, they exploded like splinters. We might as well not have had tables. We both hit the ground, and I just remember I couldn't breathe. I go, are you? I'm like, I finally like get a breath in me to be like, Bronco, are you all right? And he just goes, <laughs> the doctor's checking on us, the ref's checking on us. I couldn't move. Like I felt like I was in shock. And I just remember he came over, and I couldn't feel my hands. So whenever he was squeezing my hand, I'm like, you're you know, you give him the squeeze back, like, yeah, you know, right. I, I never felt him squeeze my hand. The doc's like, call the match, call the match. So I go, Bronco, what do you want to do? And he goes, have it, just have it end in a, have it end in a draw. And I, and so the ref announced it. And honestly, in hindsight, it's the best thing we could have did because we had one, we only had one more match after that and we just tore each other up. So it was, it's still the, until this day, he and I will both say it's absolutely the worst bump we've ever taken. It was horrible. Absolutely horrible. <laughs> do not, one out of 10, do not recommend. <laughs> that's wild man that's so crazy <laughs> I don't, yeah don't don't do it learn from learn from us i you know what like i'm i'm 35 i know my bump card isn't filled <laughs> but i'm not about to just like throw it out there keep it in the ring honestly <laughs> they would have they loved it just as much in the ring you didn't need the cement <laughs> oh man it's just like a race is a bump card man <laughs> like, it was bad dude honestly it was not worth it <laughs> borrow somebody else's card at that point <laughs> i'll buy one if somebody has one i you know what that's what we do for the love of the business though <laughs> i guess man so i don't have any other questions but we do have the world famous 10 count questions so all right as easy as it gets man first thought that comes to your mind just blurt it out man that's all it is so we're gonna put on the invisible timer bing there it is and we started off with Raw or SmackDown? SmackDown. Favorite color? Black. Worst catchphrase? Uh, smell what the rock is cooking. Ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Pepsi or Coke? Uh, Coke. Too hot or too cold? Too cold. Favorite movie? Uh, the Prestige. That's not bad. I like that one. Last thing you bought? uh gatorade <laughs> no i bought a uh i bought a ranger slayer figure for power rangers 
<laughs> I don't, don't ask me, man. I'm a weird collector. So I know you like to wear masks. So what has been your favorite mask of all time? Uh, does mine count? <laughs> you can definitely take yours. No, I, I, I really like mine a lot, but um, Chikara had so many good ones. I think Ophidian's got to be the king of the masks, though. Like, he's had – his have all just been super cool. I'm going to go with Ophidian. I like Ophidian. Lou's back. Yep, Lou's back now. I thought The Undertaker was killing you for a second. Choke <laughs> <laughs> slam me. I suck me in. The screen all went black. The fiend's coming out. <laughs> I, I heard the ding. I was like, I got to go. <laughs> that should the be the signal show? for the run-ins. <laughs> what was the last show you watched? Uh, TV show? Yeah. Uh, Umbrella Academy, season two. Okay. After this interview, we're going to talk about that. All right, all right. And then last but not least, even though I know you don't like to say them, favorite curse word? Uh, S-H-I-T is the funniest one to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that. We'll take that. But that's all it, man. That's the 10-count questions right there. So, Miss Rain, can you let our listeners know where they can find you on social media? Um, Zach Rain on Facebook. the solutions er on uh instagram um be ready to play on youtube um and uh 2pw uh that's prospect pro wrestling official they're my main uh my main social media thing um that's it i'm not i'm not caught up on the twitters yet i'm too old Oh, I, I just joined TikTok. I do I have to learn TikTok too? I don't. I we're gonna be banned from TikTok, guys. We're not allowed to have. <laughs> we have forty. We have forty days left. <laughs> it's not good. We're. They can't, I don't think. I don't think you can ban social media. I don't think. I don't. I know. feel like, you know, when this airs, people are gonna be like, "What was TikTok?" Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> They'll have a new one by them. <laughs> Mister 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 Trump, that was Zach Rain, not Anthony Lujan. He, that said that. Listen, listen, I'm. I am certain at this point that I'm already on some kind of list. I, I'm I'm for sure, but just in case, bomb 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 bomb. <laughs> well, now, now I am. That's exactly how you end this podcast. So this this is the Three Count Podcast. Now entering with Zach Rain. I am your host Clifford Red Dog Miller here with the little Kiki, as well as you know my best friend Lou. So. Tune in to the next episode and be there or be somewhere else. <laughs> what she said. Hello, Three Count Podcast. If you enjoy what you're watching and you wouldn't mind going out your day to support us, go follow us on Twitter at Three Count underscore pod, Instagram, Three Count Pod. And if you want to look drift out like your boy JJ, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash the three count pod. And it's the number three. Oh, and by the mention, we have a YouTube channel. So go check that out. The three count podcast with the number three. JJ out.